welcome everyone watching online. Let's welcome all of our locations right now. I want to say a big hello to Orange Park. Man, we're so glad that you're with us today. Wow, how about that? Did you see that video? 428 people baptized last Sunday. Come on, let's give God a big, big hand for that. And uh, this is the 5 p.m. service, 5.30 at Orange Park. So obviously this is the best service of the day. This is number one. No doubt my favorite service. I want to thank all of you for making this service your service of choice. It really helps us on Sunday morning with the crowds. And you're being an evangelist just by coming to this service and making room on Sunday morning. And this morning was awesome, but I'm telling you, it's going to be even better tonight. Uh, I'm so glad you guys are here. I want to jump right into the message. We're kicking off a brand new series entitled Giants. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Numbers chapter 13, Numbers chapter 13, or in your iPhones with your U version, Numbers chapter 13. And I'm going to read verses 17 through 20, 17 through 20. It says, then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up this way into the south, go up to the mountains and see what the land is like. Whether the people who dwell there in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit habit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage. Everybody say, be of good courage and bring some fruit of the lamb of the land uh, now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes i want to talk to you about being who god's called you to be and i've entitled this message as we kick off this giant series a giant advantage a giant advantage. Pray with me. Father, we just thank you so much, Lord, for your word, God. And I thank you that you're going to speak to us today and in this series, God. And we are going to come in to being who we really are at our core, and that is overcomers. And we just thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen. All right, I want to go back to those scriptures real quick, and I want to pull a couple of things out here in Numbers chapter 13, verse 17 again. Look, it says, then Moses sent them to spout the land of Canaan and said to them, go up this way into the south, go up into the mountains, see what the land is like, where the people who dwell in are strong or weak, few or many, where the land they dwell in is good or bad, where the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, where the land is rich or poor, where they're forest or, or, or not. How many know, I, I think Moses was a guy who liked attention to detail. I mean, how much detail can you give? If I was like one of the spies, I'd be like, all right, I got it. You want to know what the land is about? And of course, they're sending these 12 spies into the land of Canaan, the promised land here, one leader from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And of course, right here, he says, be of good courage. And then he says, hey, and bring some of the fruit of the land. How many of y'all think Moses was just ready for a big old fruit basket? You know what I'm saying? It came out. I'm sure they weren't feeding him well in Egypt and all that stuff. They'd been in the wilderness for a little bit. I think he was ready for a big fruit basket here. Well, what I want you to see from this passage of Scripture, uh, before we continue, uh, there, there's a couple of things here. Remember, God had commanded the children of Israel, look, this is your land. 
I've given you this land. I promised it to, uh, to your father, Abraham. This is your land. Go in and take it. And now uh, he's, uh, or, or Moses is giving them specific directives about the land that they're going to take uh, and how to spy that land out. So it's real, real important here that we understand that as Moses is giving these directives, it's not a matter of if they're going to go in and take the land, but how they're going to go in and take the land. And I hope that I'm talking to a group of people here at Celebration today that, hey, we're not, we're not discussing the question if you're going to gain ground in 2015, if you're going to go to a new level in your relationship with God, if you're going to go to a new level in the blessings of God in your life. I hope, I hope I'm talking to some ground gainers in here. Because if, 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 you're a, if you just want to maintain, well, this series is not for you. Okay, if you just want to maintain, if you want to stay where you are with the same old, same old, and the same old problems, and this is just who I am, and, you know, and, and I'm just going to have to live with this thing, and I'm never going to get a breakthrough in this area, and this is just the way it is and all that. If, if you want to be a maintainer, well, then this message is not for you. But if you are a ground gainer, if you're ready to gain some ground, if you're ready to come into some new levels in your relationship with God, some new levels in experiencing the power of God in your life, you're going to love this series. You're going to love it. Because we're not going to deal with the if, we're going to deal with the how. Because God's already given you his promises. He's already he, he's promised you that you can have an abundant life. We're not going to deal with the if, we're just going to deal with the how. And that's what Moses is doing right here. Put that scripture up there, just one more thing before we go on. And there's one more thing. We go back to that scripture. It's gonna come up right here on this screen. There we go. Look what he says right here. Be of good courage. Listen, it's your responsibility to have courage, okay? You have to own your courage when facing the giants in your life. Watch this. Don't, don't pray. What God will give you strength, but you've got to own your courage. You've got to rise up and realize, man, God has called me to higher things. God has called me uh, uh, to, uh, to rise above some of these circumstances and some of these issues in my life and really come into the promises that he has for me. So many people have this idea that, hey, God's just gonna give me courage when I'm facing a challenge, when I'm facing a battle, when something doesn't go my way, when things are against me. Lord, I pray for courage. Now watch, watch. You can pray for courage, but what you're really praying for is strength. God will give you strength, but you're responsible for your own courage. Very, very important here. Okay, let's go on. Here we go. Numbers 13, 21, it says, look, so they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zen as far as Rehob near the entrance of Hamath. So they went up through the south and came to Hebron, very important, came to Hebron. Now watch this. So they came to Hebron and then look who they saw. It's Ahaman, Shisha, and Talmiah. That's just the way I'm pronouncing these names because it's my message and I'm preaching, all right? So I know some of you Hebrew scholars out there are just shaking your heads and rolling your eyes, but I'm up here preaching and you're not, so we're going to call these people Ahman, Shisha, and Almiah. 
How about that? <laughs> so look, these three guys, look, they're the descendants of Anak. Okay, now Anak was a giant. I'm not gonna get into the history and the race of the giants and the Nephilim and how all that started. That's another time and another message. Just understand that there was a race of giants and it talks about, you know, that Hebron was built uh, seven years before Zoan and Egypt. Keep going. It says, and they came to the valley of Eskel and they're cut down. Look at this. You talk about fruit. Cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes they carried it between two of them on a pole. You talk about some fruit. I mean, they're having to carry this cluster of grapes like a dead animal. You know what I'm saying? Like two guys on a pole. One cluster of grapes hanging off. It goes on to say, look, they also bought some of the pomegranates and figs. In other words, there was huge fruit in this land, but there was also some huge people. Giant fruit. But you got to go through some giant people to get to the giant fruit. Now, now, go back. Go back to where we were. Watch this. Watch this. Let me show you what God's doing here. So important. Before they saw the giants, or at the same time they saw the giants, I want you to know, look where they saw the giants from. This is so important and so amazing how God sets this up, okay? They came to Hebron, and then they see these three giants right here. Okay, what's the significance of this? Hebron, okay, now if you're reading in your daily uh, Bible reading here at Celebration, that plan, you read this this week. Hebron, that's where the cave is. That's Abraham's family burial site. It's where Abraham buried Sarah. It's where Abraham was buried. So watch this. They're coming through the land, okay? They come to Hebron. Wow, there's Father Abraham. There's our legacy, Man, there's all that God promised Abraham, and here now we're about to go in and be the fulfillment of that promise, and, and here's our spiritual heritage. And then right at the same time, they see these three giants. Let me tell you what God was reminding the children of Israel. Listen, Abraham lived amongst giants. Abraham conquered giants. Abraham had been promised that land. You know what God was showing the children of Israel? You come from a long line of giant killers. Your father Abraham, this is his land. I gave him this land. In other words, listen, children of Israel, listen, this is who you are. Giant killing is in your DNA. Church, I want to tell you this. Giant killing is in our DNA. Jesus Christ, you talk about some giants that he killed. Come on, he killed death. He killed hell. He killed the grave. Giant killing is in our DNA. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that same power slayed death and the grave. Listen, here's the first advantage that God was trying to show the children of Israel, and that is this. Look, that giant killing, giant killing, it's in your DNA. In other words, overcoming, defeating giants, rising above your obstacles, you can run from that, you can hide from that, you cannot believe that, but I'm telling you, it is who you are and it is who you are to the core. I'm telling you, this is who you are in Christ. You are an overcomer. Come on, does our Lord and Savior, listen, is Jesus an overcomer? Are we called to overcome so you can fight it? You can, I don't know if that's for me, I'm telling you, you are a giant killer. It is in your DNA. You are wired to defeat the giants. 
in your life. Come on, give God a hand for that. So God here, God is encouraging them. Now go back to that passage of scripture here. God is encouraging him, but watch, okay? So here are these three giants, and then we just talked about the giant fruit. So here's what God is, is showing the children of Israel. Here's Abraham, the promises of God. Here's this an amazing fruit, an amazing land, but here's these giants in your way. Here's what God was communicating to Israel. Look, yes, you're my children, but you're not Israel. In other words, Israel isn't Israel until they inherit this land that God has called them to. See, God saved them out of Egypt. Egypt represents the world, right? Now God's like, I'm bringing you into this land and I, want, I need to get Egypt out of you. Watch, watch, watch. Israel, your destiny, who you're supposed to be, experiencing God like you're supposed to experience him, your destiny is tied up in taking the land. All of this fruit is tied up and connected to defeating these giants. You know, it's, look, it, it's real interesting here. And, and we'll read uh, in, in a few more scriptures here. You know, they're, they're, as, as the story goes on, you know, they talk about, you know, giants are everywhere and the people are huge and giants were all over the place. And you might have even heard that before on some message, you know, by someone with good intention preaching the word of God, you know, that the, the, the promised land was full of giants and all that. You want to know how many giants there were? One Two, three, there were three giants, three giants, all this huge fruit, three giants. Can I tell you this? Watch, you're just three dead giants away from an amazing life. And, and, and the names here, watch this, watch this. The names here that I am so eloquently butchering, Ahamon. Okay, his name in the Hebrew, it means plowman, plowman. In other words, like a plowman, a worker in a field. And I found that, look, nearly all of us, we're usually going to have one giant in our field where we're working, our calling, our business, our career, our finances. There's always a giant in that realm of our lives, it seems like, from time to time. How many of y'all would agree with that in your calling, your career, your finance? So, so look at this. There, there's Ahaman, then there's Shisha. This uh, name means like linen, but not linen, like, like pattern linen. Like, like pattern, like we talked about with the priestly garments, the pattern undergarment. This means like pattern undergarment, but the negative way. In other words, this represents, look, we're usually always gonna have a giant and our old patterns, addictions, bad habits, the way that we're responding to maybe some things that have happened in our past, the way, uh, you know, there was some trauma at one time. We have a bad pattern in our life, and we, we, there, there's a giant in there that's separating us from the promises of God. And there's also Talma. You know what his name means? Brother or relative. There's usually a giant somewhere in our relate, now don't be looking at your spouse right now. Stop it. Stop that. But there, whether it's in our marriage, something with our kids, 
something that ha has happened in our families. There's, there's these three giants, but l let me show you the good news now. Let's go to the fruit. Let's look at the fruit. There's also three types of fruit. Okay, so look. Okay, there's these grapes. Grapes, now, if you were in Israel, you know, the Israelis understand this. Let me tell you what these three, you know, grapes and pomegranates and figs. Okay, what do grapes represent? Grapes represent, represent blood or redemption. We take communion representing the blood of Jesus or, or re redemption. Here's what God is saying. Look, this fruit in the land that I have for you, it's tied in for you to, it, it's tied into you experiencing my redemptive process. In other words, I didn't just save you out of Egypt so now that you're going to heaven, but you're still thinking and acting like a slave. No, I've redeemed you out of Egypt so that you could come into my sonship, come into being my daughter, understanding that you're an overcomer. I want you to the experience the redemption that I've provided for you. I don't know about anybody else, but I'll tell you what I'm fired up about. I want to experience the redemptive power of God in my life. I want to come in and have that abundant life. I want to come in and experience that power of God. I just don't want to about it. I thank God for my salvation, but you know what? I know that he has more for me, and I'm not going to think and act like a slave when God's called me to experience redemption. Now, what is uh, 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 pomegranates? What, is, what does that represent? If you go to Israel, pomegranates are on every single synagogue, every single place of worship. Pomegranates represent worship. You know what God's saying is, look, you see these giants? You're, there, it, it, as you defeat these giants, I'm going to bring you into a new level of worship. Oh, you think that you're worshiping God now? You wait till you see him defeat one of those giants that's been holding you down and holding you. Come on, you're going to go to a new level of worship. See, there's all this fruit, but here's these giants. My destiny is tied up in getting that fruit, but to get that fruit, I've got to go through these giants. And then the last thing they talk about here is they talk about the figs. Well, in Israel, figs are like wheat. It's like bread. It represents provision. God's like this. Look, I want to bring a new level of blessing into your life, of provision in your life. But watch, it's connected to you defeating this giant to overcoming. See, there's the fruit. Your destiny's tied up in the land. There's all these blessings from God and redemption and in worship and experiencing his presence and the freedom of God and freedom from addiction. There's all this provision and blessing that God wants to give you, but it's tied up in this, in this battle with these giants, but we're kind of afraid of the battle. But what I'm here to tell you today is that the blessing is in the battle. That, that, watch this, your fruit is in the foe. And no longer should we look at giants like an obstacle. We gotta look at them like an opportunity. When you see a challenge in your life, you ought to thank God knowing there's a blessing. I got some fruit in that foe. Come on, there's a blessing in this battle. I'm gonna go over here. These people, these people like it when I preach. Is anybody re ready for to get that blessing out of the battle? Anybody, 
Anybody, watch this. You ready to get that fruit out of that foe? You know what this reminds me of? How many of y'all, maybe when you were kids, or maybe you have kids and you went to a birthday party recently and they had one of those pinatas? Remember those things? Y'all? You remember the pinatas, right? I'm originally from South Louisiana, like Cajun. So Cajuns hijack all the global birthday things. I think that's actually a Spanish thing. Cajuns like to steal that and like make it themselves. Like they invented the pinata. You know what I'm saying? But my mom... My mom, she was here uh, this morning. My mom, man, she never, at all of my birthdays, she never gave me a pinata birthday. She walked out here this morning. She's like, Stovall, I'm gonna, we're going to do a pinata for your next birthday. I'm like, I think it's too late, mom. My, my mom's awesome. It's so funny. Do you, can I just encourage y'all with this? Moms, let me encourage Moms, always be a great encouragement to your son or to your daughter. Do you know every message Every Sunday when I go back in the green room, my mom is there waiting on me to tell me that that was the greatest message she's ever heard in her life. <laughs> Carrie, and <I> laugh. <laughs> Carrie and I laugh about it, but she's totally serious. And she'll say, you know, I know that I said your message last week was the greatest message that I've ever heard. But no, Stovall, it was this week. That was the greatest message. She'll talk to the staff in the green room, wasn't it? Wasn't it the greatest message? Everyone agree, it was the greatest message. Thank God for moms who know how to encourage, huh? But, but when I, I can remember when I was a little boy, when I went to these pinata uh, birthday parties, you know, the, what they do is they would put all this fruit or all this candy all these prizes and gifts up in a, and you know, like a, you, you know what it was, one of those kind of animals, paper mache animals. And the idea is you blindfold the kid and you give him like a club and he goes to the pinata, you know, and he can't see. So he's kind of, he takes a few swings at it. And if he doesn't hit it, then you know it's the other kid's turn. Now, this is the first time I've confessed to this, but I got to confess every time that I had an opportunity to go and hit a pinata, I cheated every single time. I couldn't stand it. I couldn't. Here's why. Because if I did hit the pinata, I wanted to see all the candy, all the stuff come out of that. I wanted to be in that moment of blessing where all of that stuff falls out, where all the kids rush in and get the candy. So every time if it was my turn, I'd always figure out a way to cheat. You know what I'm saying? I'd, I'd pull up a little thing, and they would eventually bust me because I'd go right at it, man, one swing, and whack that thing open. Watch this. Watch, watch. Too many of us, we want the blessing. We want the fruit. And what we're like is we're like that kid with a blindfold, and we're just going around. Swinging here, fighting, just waving our fist in the air, hoping that we hit something, hoping that this year will be different, hoping that somehow things will change. I'm telling you, this is year, you know what? God's going to take that blindfold off of you where you can see that thing. And you're going to go up that, listen, the blessing is in your enemy. There's a blessing in the battle. There's fruit in your foe. Don't look at that obstacle as an obstacle. Look at it as an opportunity. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? So why? They're like, have you ever thought about this? Okay, so God sets this whole thing up 
There's Father Abraham. They got the promises of God. They got the power of God. Like, like why are there giants in the land? Let me, let me help you out here. Let me say it another way. Watch. We need a few giants. Israel needed a few giants. If they didn't have a few giants, watch. What did they need God for? Watch, the reason God allows giants in your life is so you'll learn how to go from relying on yourself to relying on God. The reason God has giants in your life is to take us from a place in trusting in ourselves and our strength and our wisdom and our know-how to a place where we're trusting in God's strength, in God's wisdom. What, what does the Bible say? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Giants are God's way of assuring that you are gonna please him because you're gonna walk in faith. Let me say it this way, okay? And, and as it pertains to the children of Israel, watch. Giants, the giants were basically God's insurance policy that only a people of faith would inherit the promised land. They were an insurance policy. God needed giants there so that it would ensure that the children of Israel had to believe him and walk in faith and not just in their own strength that would eventually distance them from God. God has allowed giants in your life as an insurance policy to make sure that you inherit everything that he has for you, to make sure that you come into every blessing that's in his promises for you. Oh man, that's worth cheering right there. You see, we, we, we look at giants as problems. God's got those giants there as an insurance policy to make sure that when you have the courage and you stand up and you see those giants defeated, that it's by faith, because by faith we inherit the promises of God. Come on, give him a hand one more time. Thank God for the giants. Thank God for the giants. Okay, so watch this. Okay, so let's look at, let's look at the second giant advantage they had here. Go to the next passage of scripture. Numbers 13, 25, it says, look, and they returned from spying out the land for 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness with Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Look, then they told him and said, hey, we went to the land where you sent us and truly, yes, it flows with milk and honey, and, and this is the fruit. I mean, Mo Moses had to be blown away by that fruit basket. Nevertheless, so watch, they give one positive, and I'm gonna unpack this in future messages. They give one, the po one positive, but here comes the nevertheless. L listen, God has not called you to be a person of nevertheless. All right? Look, nevertheless, look what they say. The people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And look, remember, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Now, all of a sudden, it's gone from three. There's just descendants everywhere. There's giants all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Now, here's what, here's what, go back. Go back, okay. Here's what they didn't say. Just let me, remember, God's promised them the, the land. Okay, look, 
They dwell in the land as strong. Cities are fortified and very large. Come on, ladies, you can relate to this one right, right here. Okay, so watch this. There were some giants there, all right? So think about that. If there were giants, well, then there should have been some giant houses, some pretty big houses. They all, they, some, some, the roads were good. The cities were built. They had good structure. Do you see what I'm saying? Look, the giants, they had set, they were setting Israel up. I mean, they had done all this building. They had done all this stuff. They had big houses. They had nice roads, all this kind of stuff. Do you know how much work this was going to save Israel? So they go, go on. Now look at this. It says, now here they go. So there's these few giants, but now they, they say this, now, now the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites, and the Parasites, and the Termites, they dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea, and along the banks of the Jordan. Now, at first, watch, the children of Israel come back, and they look at this, and they're like, man, this is a setback, Moses. I mean, here's all these people. The entire land is occupied. But if you're a military person, if you're a military person, and you're reading this, you're seeing right here, this isn't a setback. This is a set up. Why? None of these people were in covenant. None of these people had each other's back. In other words, this was a nation divided or a land divided. In other words, what, they, what God wanted them to see was, look, these people don't have each other's backs. You know what? The Jebusites are over here, and the Amorites are over here, and the Canaanites are over here, and these people are over here. Listen, you don't have to go in and fight them all at once. You just got to take one little town at a time. No one's going to help them. There's not going to be any communication between them. This, was, this wasn't a setback. This was a total set up. Jesus said a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. This land was divided which, with each little clan living in its own place. So it was totally set up for all of Israel to go in. We're going to take this town. We got that. They're not going to, no one's coming to get their back. Then we're going to go take this town. No one's coming to get there back. Then we're going to take this town. Or, or, are you following me here? In other words, this was a, a massive setup for Israel to come in and take the land in simple steps. And here was the massive giant advantage number two. And we need to remember this for our lives. Watch. You can always gain ground in steps. You can always gain ground in steps. See, too many of us, we have a giant Oh my gosh, but I'm in all this financial crisis and all this debt and oh gosh, this, this thing is, is so huge. What, what, but watch, you just got to take a step. You got to, that's what our financial groups are all about. It's about, okay, if you take this big chunk and you break it down into small steps, you know what? You can defeat that giant and gain ground in your life. Come on, can you give God a hand? We, we look at things, a lot of times we're, we're looking at the whole pile like, you know, we, whatever, you know, we hear things or we go to some marriage conference or whatever it is and we're like, 
You mean my marriage is such a wreck, but oh man, I want this great marriage and I want my husband to give me chocolates for Valentine's Day and I want some red roses and I want him to romance me and I want us to be in love and, and, and I just want the greatest marriage. I want the best marriage. God, how this, this, it just seems so huge. I can never, well, how about this? How about y'all stop cussing at each other? Let's take one step. Okay, before y'all are all off with roses and chocolates on a romantic cruise somewhere, why don't we take a step and stop cussing each other out? <laughs> oh. Dean, dean, dean. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Watch. Too many times when we look, oh, I've got this addiction, I've got this problem, I've got this issue. We do like the children of Israel, man. We're looking at the whole big thing. Listen, the way God calls you to gain ground, most of the time, it's one step at a time. You know, I remember when I, I played football, I, I played nose guard. My, you know what my big thing was? I just wanted to sack the quarterback. That was my favorite thing. But you know what? Watch. You know what I had to do? Number one thing, I had to make sure I didn't jump off sides. In other words, my entire plan of this glorious sack the quarterback and everyone cheering for me and me basking in my football glory. You know what it all came down to? You better not jump across that line of scrimmage until that ball moves. One small step. You know what my next step was? You better read that center, which what? You better read your block correctly. You know what my next step was? You better maintain leverage. You know what my fourth step was? Find that quarterback and kill him. <laughs> Watch, it's all in the step. What if you did? It's like this. Some of us, when we look at the big giants and how we're gonna get there, it's like, it's like if you would go to the bottom of the stairs. And you're looking up at the top of the stairs. You're like, man, I want to get there. And we're praying, okay, God, give me, the, give me a, just a dynamic leap. Just go, Lord, I'm just, God, you talk about the leap of faith. God, I, I'm just, come on, I got to get to the top here. I just, just help me leap up. God's like, watch. God says, I've, I've given you a step. You know how you're going to get up there? You know how you're going to defeat that giant? You know how you're going to gain ground? You know what? I just need you to take a step. Because once you get to that step, now you're set up to take the next step. And once you take the next step, then you're set up to take the next step. That's why Proverbs, what? Proverbs, Proverbs 16, 9 says that, that a man's heart plans his way. But look, the Lord directs his steps. You can do anything you want to do if you cut it up in steps. Anything you want to do if you cut it up in steps. And that's what we're going to show you in these next six weeks. We're going to show you how to take down some of these giants, give you the steps, give you the tools. And also on that note, I want to say this, that after this service, and at our Orange Park uh, location, immediately after the service, we have our groups expo. We have all different kinds of groups. We have tons of fitness groups, kayaking, jogging, Zumba, 
I mean, I was looking at them in there. I mean, all kind of groups like that. We have awakening prayer groups. We've got lots of marriage and family groups. We've got Dave Ramsey's financial peace groups. And one of the groups that we have are these message-based groups. And that's what we're going to be talking about in our message-based groups this week that we're kicking off. We're going to do what we do in our message-based groups. You basically get just three discussion questions from my message. And one of those things that we're going to be talking about is helping us get into that mindset. You know what? God's called us to blessing. God's called us to freedom. But sometimes taking those things down, they're steps. So what is my next step? What is my next step? I really encourage you, and you can go through there if you're interested in being part of one of those groups, please check that out after service. And also, some of you can host a group. If you have a few friends, you can host a group. We email you three discussion questions. If they didn't see the message, you know, you can pull up and watch some of you, and you just discuss some of these things that we're talking about. For some of you, you know what? That next step, it's getting in some godly relationships that are gonna help you in your battle. Come on, give God a hand for that. So, so look at this. Let's read, let's go on and look at, the, look at the final giant advantage. Numbers 13, 32. So they spread this bad report. Don't be a bad report spreader. They spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. You know, you ever, you know what I'm saying? You know how when people, they start off, like they start talking, and all of a sudden, if you're not careful, you get that negative vibe going, and all of a sudden, the story, by the time you told it the third or fourth time, it's like at a whole nother level. That, that's what's going on right here. Look what they're saying. They're, so they spread this report about the, remember, first there were three giants. Then it was a bunch of descendants of giants. Look what they say here. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. <laughs> Look, the land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. Now, let me tell you what's really, really interesting about this. Scholars, if you study this, scholars say that back at this time, and there's evidence of this, that there was actually a plague going on in this region of the world. And they believe that what happened was that while the Israelites says this, this land uh, that, that devours anyone that, who will go to live there is because this plague was breaking out amongst many of these groups and peoples, and a lot of people were getting sick and dying. But for some reason, when Israel saw it, they thought, okay, if, if, we go, if there's this plague in the land and we go into the land, then that plague's gonna devour us too. We're gonna die too. Now, now time out. Man, if anybody should know that God knows how to protect people from a plague and in fact knows how to use a plague against your enemies, don't you think it would be the children of Israel? God just delivered them out of Egypt through the 10 plagues and protected them from every single one of them. And so instead of seeing this as like, oh my gosh, God, this is a total setup. This is a huge advantage. Not only are the people divided everywhere. Not only, man, we're from Father Abraham. And we, he, was, he lived among giants. He conquered them. This is who we are. And, not, and, and then instead of seeing this as, and, and on top of all of that, 
on top of all of that. There's a plague in the land. People are sick and people are dying. Somehow they looked at that. Watch, watch, watch. I'm going somewhere with this. They looked at that and they thought, well, this is how this place is. This is how this culture is. What's in the culture is going to get on me if I go there. And here's what I found about so many people in the church. We look out at the culture. Well, there's so much pornography. There's, I'm getting pumped with all these images from every way imaginable. So I got this issue with, with porn. How, how, how can I possibly overcome? Look at the plague out there. Or you know, look, man, my, my family, everyone in my family got a divorce. Everyone in, in my family is an alcoholic. I mean, how, how, how am I expected uh, to be free? How am I expected to live? How am I expected to get out there and actually be free and then make a difference? I want to encourage you today. Listen to me. The reason Jesus came was to set you free. Jesus. That's why Jesus said, look, I've not come for the healthy, but for the sick. The healthy don't need a doctor. The sick need a doctor. Now, whether people like to admit it or not, we're all sick. We're all sick with the disease of sin. But instead of you looking out at the culture and it's so bad and it's so wicked and my family's always been like that. And you know, this is, I've always kind of had this issue and there's never gonna be different. What Jesus wants you to know is, listen, let me tell you who the real giant is. The real giant is living on the inside of you. God wants to set you free so you can get out there, so you can be a light to your family, so you can be a light to the culture, so people can look at you and say, how did you get free? How did you get blessed? How did you prosper like that? How did God, how did this happen in your life? How do you have this kind of joy? How do you have this? He's called us to be salt and light, not to run from the darkness. Why? Because here's the truth. All those giants or those three giants, you know what they really were? They're just a few pinatas that God needs out there to make sure that you're walking in faith because the only real giant is the giant that lives on the inside of you, and that's Jesus Christ. The real giant's with you. The real giant's with you. The real giant's with you. Bow your heads with me. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that the real giant is with us. And here's what I want to ask everyone right now. Every head bowed and every eye closed. God, just move on our hearts. How many of you would say this? You'd say, Stovall, I've got some giants. I've got some obstacles in my life. But you know what? From this day forward right now, I'm going to be of good courage. I have defeating giants in my DNA. I know that even though it might look huge, God will show me the how. And I can gain ground in steps. And Lord, I thank you that above all things, the real giant is you. And you are on the inside of me. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our prayer is that it will help you to live a God-first life. For more information about Celebration Church and other available resources, please visit our website at www.celebration.org.